0: Back. I've been convinced, convinced of what Imani, yes, I know, um, to do a specialized episode about this uh, solar eclipse that's happening this coming week or on the second. Um, I as well as many others, <laughs> have for some odd reason um, fell into this odd trap of spending time with family. There have been a lot of untimely and timely circumstances that have occurred during the last few weeks. It's important to remember that two weeks before the eclipse is when things start to kind of pick up and things start to happen. Today, Mercury entered Leo, and for those who saw my post, I posted a picture of a fireworks stand that says American fireworks. Fourth of July is right around the corner. Let me read you my caption. Mercury enters leo at eight nineteen p m eastern trigger warning actual depiction of the United States image of racism images of racism anti-Semitism, homophobia misogyny, Islamophobia, and everything else that makes your skin crawl about this country now when we look at the Chandra symbol for the ingress, so zero degrees Leo, it states a daughter of the American Revolution. Keynote, the prestige of conservatism, a long maintained heritage. Let me actually read the entire thing since I have you here. I'm always not prepared. I'm so sorry you guys. <laughs> um, ooh, wrong one. I'm scrolling. So, uh, the prestige and conservatism of a long-maintained heritage. Here we have a symbol of the proud preservation of social cultural values in a tradition. After several generations, the ancestor who was perhaps a violent revolutionist, or rabble rouser, or even a fugitive from justice, acquires a halo of respectability. The tradition that once was born of revolution now extols law and order, attempting to suppress any new forms of the same revolutionary spirit. This is the last symbol of the section of a cycle, referring mainly to the consolidation and consecration of life urges within a stable form of organization. In many instances, the scenes presented picture social activities and events, yet at this stage it is the individual person and the problems attendant upon his development that are primarily considered the eighth scene of the keynote of consolidation began with the study of traditional symbol for personality integration the mandala it ends with an example that occurs when the individual chooses a path which totally embodies and glorifies tradition a path which ends in a glorification of the past now returning to what i said When we speak of where we come from, the formative legacies, people and places of the self are often cloaked in pride, dressed in exaggeration and delusions of grandeur. Liberty, American, Founding Fathers, Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Manifest Destiny, Dixie, 1969, American Dream. Our thoughts, ideas, and attitudes and beliefs of who we are are formulated through myth rather than facts and truth. It is evident in our history books, in our media, in our everyday. We are fed the American myth, and we live the American myth, even in ways we cannot imagine. Once Mercury goes retrograde on July 8th, the planet will go back through Cancer To meet up with the nodes of faith just in time for our eclipse on the 16th. We are invited to revisit the past as it is rather than the way we wish it is to be. We explore societal, political, and familial myths. Was it as glorious as we remember? I then post a picture of the Trail of Tears, of a lynching, of two black men with a bunch of white onlookers pointing and smiling, posing for the camera. I post a anti-Semitic propaganda comic um, from 19 somewhere between 1937 and 1941. A picture of Japanese internment a picture of a group of people descending upon a New York pride event I believe in the 1980s um, with their signs claiming that homosexuality is a sin it's a violation of God's will blah 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 a screenshot of CNN um, and the headline says Does Islam promote violence? I post a picture of Anita Hill um, alongside Dr. Ford. I post a picture of our modern day concentration camps With with young Hispanic children, undocumented migrants. I think you catch my drift the last time the north node was in cancer was the year 2000 to the year 2001 one of the major events that happened during this transit as we all know was 9 11. many 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 years ago when the north node was in cancer we experienced the assassination of JFK there are a number of really intense transits that we can expect over the next I'd even say nine months not even a year and I think nine months is a bit of a reach maybe seven in January Pluto and I believe Saturn will finally meet in their conjunction I believe the last time that that happened was the beginning of. I don't want to be wrong, but I think the Civil War. Another major lunation, or not lunation, aspect that will be happening next year. Is Pluto in conjunction to. Oh, I'm sorry, no. Am I wrong? Jupiter in conjunction to. Sorry, guys. Saturn, which is a very, very, very popular. Um, transit that is prominent around assassinations. You guys, we're just having a conversation. These are just things that... They're just facts, okay? Astrological facts at that. Just take everything with a grain of salt and don't... It'll be interesting if this episode gets flagged. Um, anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah just saying um but uh it wasn't the civil war it was world war one was the last time just saying remember this um this episode remember this conversation just saying i say all this to say we are in a very big reckoning kind of period, where the past is yet again catching up to us and changing the fabric of our country. And we are to decide what direction it is that we go. And for many of us, that also means That we are to break up with myths that have been cultivated and created just by existing in this nation that doesn't mean that anything is anybody's fault but it does mean that we must hold ourselves accountable for undoing and unlearning now I know a lot of people are looking or not looking but listening to this and saying well all of the things that you've just listed are white related to white people so what the fuck do any of those things have to do with me well all of those things have everything to do with you what let's not be stupid let's not pretend like we sit here and we live in this country let's not sit here and pretend like to a certain extent we don't cosign some of the things related to the things that I just listed okay None of this is perfect. This isn't about blame. This is about understanding. This is about accountability. And this is about healing, right? This is not a conversation of pointing fingers. This is a conversation of acknowledging what we personally can do. This is something that we encounter not just when we think about our country and healing on that level, but also when we think about the personal healing that we endure as well. To a certain extent, a very big part of the process of the wounding is to acknowledge the weapon of choice that was used to inflict the wounding. Sometimes that's a family member. Sometimes that's a family member that's important to you, like your parents. Sometimes it is a lover, a friend, a teacher, a boss. It could be a stranger. It could be a number of different people. And I think, I don't know, I might have said this before, um, or maybe in a previous iteration of the podcast. Life is 10% about what happens to us and 90% about what we do. We can look around and see that 90% very clearly. Ask yourself, that's good enough for you if it is stay the same if it's not do something different this does not discount the truth this is a moment in which we see the truth and we say what next I had a conversation with a very close friend of mine um, a couple of days ago about having these difficult conversations. I feel like lots of times we think we have to unload everything onto someone. Oh, This is very timely. This makes a lot of sense. Um, and really kind of point fingers or really just say, you know, you're the reason that this is this and I have to heal this and I blah, 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 and this, that, the, and you know, that isn't the way that most of us do things. It's definitely not the way that I usually do things, at least not with people that I I'm not going to say not with people that I genuinely care about. If someone pushes me to a point, that's usually the only direction that I kind of see that I have the ability to go. But generally speaking, you know, I tell you, I tell you again, tell you in a different way. If, you know, we need to escalate things, we need to escalate things, right? Um, In terms of the delivery of the message. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um take that as you want to and so you know I was talking to her about you know having difficult conversations especially with parents um the thing about Eclipse is is that they take people away and they bring people in sorry if that um struck a nerve with anyone They take out major things and they bring in major things as well. And so it's very evident that lots of the things that people have lost are things related to this cycle. A family member, whether it's a grandparent, an actual parent, a home, a child, an understanding of yourself. Feeling like you have to completely change directions because the structure that you've built so far doesn't feel like home anymore. I've had this conversation with a number of people. And I also have to kind of reckon those things for myself as well. That being said, in this space in which so much is lost, as I talked to a friend with on the phone, when there is free space, it makes it a little easier to see what's in the room. We talked about this in the previous episode, right? If you listened. when the room is clean or clear when you unpack the box you realize how much stuff was in there that you didn't see before there's that old pair of shoes that I've been looking for oh wow here's a photo album You realize and see the mementos of the past as we unpack. And it can be very easy to get, I guess, really tied up in or take ourselves really seriously during that process. But the solar eclipse will... Ask us to explore these really deep feelings with playfulness. It's really interesting. Um, This kind of came up in a reading for someone I did a few weeks ago and it didn't make sense to me and I felt like something was missing if you're listening. (laughs) I was like something is missing from this reading and I didn't gauge that the two things that I was talking to um, her about were about healing traumatic experiences and the importance of play and I felt like those were two separate things but they were two things that really belong together culturally we see this phenomenon how many daily show Who else is there? Let me just name the people. There's Stephen Colbert, there's Trevor Noah, um, that British guy, (laughs) I don't know these people's name, John whatever, I don't know, Bill Maher, terrible example, but I think you guys get the point. Um, Even to a certain extent, Glenn Beck, and maybe even uh, Alex Jones. All of these political pundits who, to a certain extent, you know, when we think about America, you know, you can't help but have like red, white and blue flash in your eyes and see stars and think politics and suits and, you know. And these people are a character, this will all make sense in a few minutes, of this thing that we take so seriously, that's actually just a big fat divine joke. Um, anyway, sorry for scoffing. Um, and then, you know, they joke about some of the hardest things to reckon with. Well, some of them do. Well, in their own way and through their own frame of understanding the country, all of which are wrong, if anyone can kind of see that. Um, parts of them are right, but generally speaking, there is a general an overall arching point that's kind of being missed. At least being missed by no, I would say it's collectively being missed. Um, where we get caught in the laughter um and the joy of making fun of how ridiculous this country is, but that's kind of where it stops, you know? Or we're like, wow, that's so sad. And we (laughs) move on because there's nothing that we can do because the issue is so big, we can't do anything. It's so big, I can't, we can't. I don't have the money, I don't have the this, I don't have the that, right? Everything media related is kind of aimed at making you feel lost and hopeless about everything. Um, And feeling like a victim to the circumstances of our world not because the issues are not as large as they are but because there are things that you can do and they don't want you to do those things because that would mean the world would be different anyway um and so with that returning to and i i feel like if you are speaking specifically to um, people of color again um, to go back to that There is a book. I'm pretty sure there are many equivalents to this book for a a variety of different people that I will encourage you to look at. Reading list for African Americans or just black people in general listening to this show. You don't have to be African American. Post-traumatic slave disorder. By uh, Joy Dr. Joy DeGru Something Torn and New By Ngugiwa Thiango Eloquence of the Scribes by Aye Kwe Arma. and just for shits and giggles I'll throw in the Egyptian book of the dead and if you really want to go there you can read hold on I need to check out my bookshelf oop forgot the phone where is it clicked off the um the recorder when I got up I had recommended the book. Um, Oh, one of the book, okay, this came to my mind and I said it in my mind and I didn't say it out loud. I clearly needed to. Um, They came before Columbus, Black Movements in America by Cedric J. Robinson, the Atlas of African American History and Politics from slave trade to modern times there was also this book I cannot believe I got rid of this fucking book Um, let me see I'm sorry I'm like looking at the books as I'm talking to you to remember to remember anyone who caught that joke Hey, what's up? Anyone who went to Howard University um, is probably very familiar with um, the book list that I have because it was, um, these are the books that were in our freshman seminar class. Ironically enough, and this may be very odd for me to say, I do not think any of these texts necessarily align with the type of education I received at Howard University again going back to the idea of the North um, not North node Mercury and Leo where it's about seeing are we remembering something for what it was um, or what we say it was rather than something that it is and so this is a, a an icky conversation I think I'll get into because I want this message to resonate to various groups of people I only have a very limited frame of mind in which I can kind of talk to that because I only have so many intersections of my identity I'm black I am a woman I am from a middle-class family I am I don't know what else that's all I can think of right now so those are the only frames of reference from which I can understand the world. That being said, if you do have, um, are listening and have books and things that you've read that are specific to your um, identity or parts of your identity that you can share, I really encourage you to do so. I am creating a list um, of books and videos and lectures and other tools that we can utilize in this healing journey that we're going about, you know, and I would definitely love to have it be one in which we can cater to everyone that listens to this podcast. Not everyone that listens to this podcast is a straight black woman from the United States. Like that's just not (laughs) realistic and that's not true. So if there are things and there are healing tools and modalities that, you know, people that are connected directly to particular experiences that you've had share them with me. Thank you. Anyway. So, I don't even know what the hell I would say. Oh, yes. Howard, U- Howard University. My god. There is a legacy of resistance there. You know, we have some of the greatest, you know, minds in terms of our community that have went to or walked through those halls. We have Kwame Ture. Uh, Kwame, am I correct? Am I wrong? I might be. Well, in terms of the Yo legacy, right? Thurgood Marshall, Toni Morrison, Felicia Richard, you know, Elaine Locke Hall. You know, many different people that have a variety of different experiences and people that we credit a lot to the legacy of the university. But during my experience, I feel as though when people talk about it's very difficult to talk about the Howard University experience because to a certain extent, and this is something that we see, especially in the headlines, right? since the school is investing in real estate in a gentrifying city in a city that is being gentrified. Um there were many things that just didn't align with this idea of black liberation. Many people's ideas of what it meant to be black and successful meant being tokenized, um meant clout chasing, um meant perpetuating or living through um a lens in which there is only one way Um, that blackness is accepted. And it's the stereotype of blackness attached to wealth or being attached to a particular position at a particular company. This is not everyone. If you feel attacked by this, hit dogs, holler. It just didn't make sense. Uh, I saw a lot of elitism and classism. Um, I saw othering of black people that are actually from Washington, D.C., I saw lots of the same myths that we, you know, I went to Howard University from 2012 to 2016. Um, When we think about the political climate that existed during that time, especially when we're talking about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, we see a resurgence of uh, or a new wave of feminism um, strengthening during that time as well. So many of these different you know, movements and things existed at this time and it didn't really seem like anything was picked up beyond a desire to have a picture taken or to, you know, stand in or be a symbol of some form of change. It's kind of like when we look at and this is a very extreme example, I'm not saying by any means that these two things are the same things, but in terms of the cognitive dissonance that we have about the things that we're doing and the actual implications of the things and being able to t- take critically think and look at what something represents, right? When we think about the painting of George Washington crossing I believe it's the Delaware River in a boat during the American Revolution right but when we think about what the American Revolution means to so many of us being that it is the a defining moment in which the United States becomes the United States give or take a couple decades in a constitution um if anyone is familiar with frederick Douglass's, um what does the fourth of july mean to the negro right where we have to return to this pictures of black empowerment fists and black lives matter shirts and I'm not sure like my ancestors shirts and all of these other things which that within itself is a whole nother conversation that's very funny to me Um, but the dialogue on campus is otherizing classist, elitist cloaked in respectability politics when we're talking about people who actually live in the city Um, but turning you know, seeing someone walking a white person walking their dog on campus oh, how dare they isn't it interesting how we can take away from one another and it completely goes over our mind but the the moment in which the same behavior is you know shown by someone who just happens to look different the cognitive dissonance right um in which we do not understand our personal and collective responsibility in the way the world is right now the way this city is right now when I'm talking about Washington D.C. again this is not about pointing fingers this is about seeing things as they are we're talking about facts and truth right now so that's my experience And I hope that kind of reeled things in and made my post a lot more understood. One thing that I think many of us struggle with, again referring to African American um, people who live in the United States, especially those who have been able to have parents who have been able to transcend a particular level of whether it's uh, especially economic kind of, uh, struggle, um, who've been the first person to be, to go to college for their family, to be someone who makes a lot more money than most black people in this country, which, who oh, my God, when I looked at the statistics, You know, I'm not telling you how much money I make, but (laughs) when, you know, I looked at and saw that I make a lot more money than most people who look like me, and I'm only 25 years old, that was very shocking and eye-opening to me. And, you know, this is the experience of so many of us, and I think because we have done that, we think that we... Well, we have that is a goal that is in some form of a way in the very physical and very superficial I do not say superficial in a negative way um way that is progress, but what I feel like is lacking, and this is among all of our communities, is not this external movement and change and uplift, but the internal there is a really big conversation that we see around building black wealth. And that's incredibly important. You know, it's I agree, like yes, we collectively need to strengthen our dollar, supporting black businesses, doing this, doing that. All of those things are incredibly important, but there has yet to be a movement at least a very strong and widely agreed upon movement around emotional wealth. Building emotional wealth. Lots of times when we talk about to bring in other communities, the idea of the model minority that is often tacked along with Asian Americans. When I'm talking about Asian Americans, I'm of course talking about Um, and I would even say to a certain extent, um, black folks who have immigrated, especially from the continent, there is not in the same way because of course, blackness is still tied to them, but bear with me. I think you understand what I'm kind of getting at you know, coming to the United States and making it, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, a this, a that, you make a good amount of money, you support your family, you this, you that. Again, going back to that idea of, you know, the American dream, right? And it's like, that is deemed as the marker for success. They figured that out. Why can't you figure that out? We also hear these conversations in our households when we're talking to our parents, when we see The things that we see on the TV, when we see the Black Lives Matter movement, when we see, you know, all of these different instances or things that are shown to us on the media that make us think, why can't these people just get it together? Right. Um, And the that goes back to what I was just saying about there being a need to cultivate emotional wealth healing wealth, right? That being the thing that is most important to move the dial when it comes to everything else. As above, so below. As within, so without. There, ha- We have to move the marker and we have to build the wealth internally. And that's ultimately what this eclipse season is really about. And that is what the north node and this full moon, I'm sorry, the solar eclipse is asking us to do. When the when we face a new moon eclipse, what we see, or a solar eclipse, my bad, which is during the new moon cycle, the dark side of the moon is illuminated by the light of the sun we see the shadow and that is why we had this conversation right I think it's making sense to you now it asks us to formulate something new with what we know and see of the past it's not to discard the past it's not to minimize the past it's not to gloss over it. It is to look at it exactly as it is and use that as a marker of what is next for us to do. People oftentimes talk about the South Node as a point to avoid. And um, Ann Ortley um, describes it as something that needs to be fed for us to move to the north node in this instance we take the south node and Capricorn lessons we have an idea of how we define success we have an idea of what it means to win and it's very physical it's very tangible you know you get this job you do this thing you're following you understand right okay cool the north node in cancer is saying redefine not discard not get rid of let's integrate our ideas about monetary wealth bringing physical abundance And translate that into something inside. Because in doing so, our vision can expand much further. Right? The thing about Saturn is it talks about limits. It talks about reality. When you change things physically, there's only so much that you can change about it. Right? When you change things internally when you change the emotional fabric of something that provides you with a greater vision that is why they say when they talk about manifestation God creates things for you that are far beyond your scope of understanding and seeing God does not operate in a physical tangible form operates in a very untangible form right and so that's what we're being asked to do as i said on the previous episode it is not movement externally that we are to make it is not wealth to build externally now i'm not just saying you know drop your job drop this fuck black business no 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 All of those things are incredibly important because they prime us for understanding that we have to translate that internally, right? Bam, it's that simple. Cool, I think you get it. I don't think this episode will have to be as long as it needs to be. So, that being said, take time and be patient with yourself. For some odd reason, we seem to (laughs) When it comes to processing things emotionally, it's as if we have far less patience for that. It, doesn't, it makes perfect sense um, than we do for making something tangibly appear or making something move tangibly. But the thing is, the key to moving along your manifestations is undoing the physical barriers that are in the way. And that being the thing that allows you to move the dial um to kind of change things and see a tangible difference as i've discussed with you before during that full moon episode uh full moon in sagittarius the fool's journey um the new moon i'm sorry jupiter is exalted in cancer because remember when we talked about nourishing Um, and nurturing, and the role that that plays in being able to create damn near anything. Everyone that exists was birthed from their mother. They are the product of their mother. The richest person on this earth, the poorest person on this earth, that person who has everything that it is that you want, the person that has none of the things that you want, all of those possibilities are manifested through the creation and the bringing of life, or bringing into this reality of a person right um and so and they are all the result of the things that that person was kind of primed and nurtured and grown with okay i'm going to take a quick break i'm going to come back and we're going to talk about the astrology of the eclipse and i hope that won't take more than 10 minutes i don't think it will all right we'll be back we'll be back soon okay so this is fun so the chart for the day i'm doing it from washington dc at 3:16 p.m. eastern standard time july 2nd 2019 on the ascendant we have scorpio I just knew it. I should have just said it. I knew the it would be a Scorpio ascendant. I just did. You're probably like, girl, shut up. I said what I said. Anyway, um, at four degrees, Scorpio. And we have on the descendant, Uranus, endings, 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 endings. That's all I can say there. Cool, got it. Good. Now, in terms of the other astrological features that I believe are of high importance, we will have Mars and Leo in a Mars and Mercury in Leo in a loose conjunction. Mars, I believe, will just have entered Leo. Um, if not that day, then the day before. Let me look. And see. Yeah, on the 1st. And so Mercury-Mars will be in a... I don't know why it's not appearing on here, is it? Oh, will be in a... Oh, this is fun, you guys. Um, In a T-square to the ascendant Uranus. And... Again, all of that energy will be directed and pointed at Mercury and Mars. Watch your mouth. It will be on the midheaven. It's likely that people will just, um, we're in the ninth house you in the ninth house but very close to the midheaven the midheaven is at 10 degrees leo it's very likely that if you say something it will just be interpreted as you just being extra people will definitely put a show on on that day definitely a good day for last but also a good day to offend somebody really quickly especially people who are being delusional and being stuck with a harsh reality there may be endings in terms of particular beliefs um, or things related to childhood, particular things related to possibly a masculine figure within the family. Again, remember that Mars and Mercury are answering to the sun. And so they're kind of squaring off again with all of this really intense eclipse energy. Things can just get a little hot. It is happening. Oh, I'm sorry. My mouth hurts as I split my lip in half, and I have a job that requires me to talk all day. So I'm sorry if I keep pausing. I'm just my mouth isn't isn't pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, oh, sorry I'm being silly. sun moon at 10 degrees of cancer um i'll talk about the chandra symbol at the end the nodes will be at 17 degrees saturn will be directly conjunct that south node so again going back to that previous conversation that we had about knowing and seeing the structures of our external reality within our family, within our, you know, the way that we were raised, blah, blah, blah. Being able to take those structures, literally copy and paste it onto the things that we do for ourselves emotionally. All of that work and energy that you put into your job, take that copy paste, same approach, especially if you do your job well, put it into you and your work that you put into you all of the work that you put into externally that needs to be applied inside in terms of the amount of care that you need to give to yourself the mercury mm, and um mars in leo reminding you to be playful there we go um that being the way that you show and express yourself there is a lot of pressure to end and change and transform. There's a lot of stubbornness around what you do and do not want to kind of keep. It's remem- reminding you to be as playful as possible as na- when navigating this. So definitely, like I said before, it's a good day for laughs. I feel like, and we'll talk about this in a second when we go back to the Chandra symbol. For the first time, I've actually read it in advance. So I already know I'm kind of hip. So what it says, and there have definitely been hints of it sprinkled throughout what we've talked about today. Um, you, It's a good day to poke fun. But knowing that that fun that we're poking is also a very deep reflection of the truth, but also a deep reflection of things that are actually wrong. So utilizing humor um, of the existing structure and existing way that things are Again, remember that sun is shining its light on the shadow of the moon, right? So definitely using that to kind of ease into or talk about particular things that maybe, you know, it's very hard to talk about. Maybe you have an aunt who is shady and a hater and projects a lot on you <laughs> and you see her during this time. Using that as... um An opportunity to, you know, poke fun at it, but also kind of shining a light and a marker on this thing um, and allowing space for her to understand or see like, hey, you should probably stop doing that thing that you keep doing to me. Right. Um, What else are we talking about? Again, with the Saturn um, point of things, a Saturn directly on the south node, Saying, hey, what's up? I'm back. I'm here. I'm retrograde. Remember all of those things? Yeah, let's think about how we can apply them here, is what it's kind of asking us to do. Mm -hmm. Venus, and that's not necessarily that important. What else do I want to talk about? There's not too many... We still have Jupiter square Neptune. The Neptune is trying the North node still. We have Saturn sextile Neptune. So kind of working in the background um, to kind of formulate or help you, um, ease you into understanding um, that you can utilize, um, this understanding of things, um, to kind of prime or prepare, (sighs) sorry, um, prime or prepare yourself for, um, sorry, I'm just looking at something, Mm, it's saying no well fine fuck you um it looks like there's a kite formation it's very loose um it will likely form a little bit stronger I think maybe a few days after or was a few days before I don't know I have posted about it or I will post about it on my Instagram it's one of the things that's planned anyway um it that I'm just looking to see what formations there are um Mars square Uranus. Yo, I don't know. Some people, there may be some like some fights and shit that break out because people don't know how to act. Mercury is trying Chiron. Yeah. So going back to what I was saying before, when you're talking to people, and even if you are trying to be funny and put on a show, it'll be a lot easier. To communicate particular wounds or things that are hurting you, especially in a way that will kind of prime people for it to just be a little easier. I hope that this is good news and good things that you're hearing because like I know we talked about a lot of daunting kind of things, but I don't want you to feel like it's impossible because that's not the case at all I spoke about the serious things because that's what we're working through, it doesn't mean that that process has to be abnormally or extremely difficult. And that's not to say that it's easy. But the energy, while it is intense and there are lots of emotions that are brewing, lots of things that are changing and changing really quickly, as I have said before, the North Notice in Cancer is very much so like a hug. Now, I know the way that I started this episode was like really morbid and we're like talking about like crazy shit that could happen in our country, right? Absolutely. That's real. That's scary. It's important to point out. However, in the things that we're dealing with personally, there is a particular amount of care, um, and just overall kind of just love, joyful, um, you know, nurturing energy that's in the air that allows and eases you into making changes. I feel like there's this enormous amount of pressure that we have put on ourselves in 2019, maybe because the universe is laying it on us thick, um, to make these really big transformations. And it feels very impossible. What are the things that I recommended to you? I recommended books, you know, And just reading and learning and connecting, it's also important to note that Gemini is finishing up its time in, or I'm sorry, Venus is finishing up its time in Gemini um, during this, this transit. There aren't any really strong aspects. Actually, Venus is almost completely unaspected. Let me look through one more time. Yeah, well, by my standards as an astrologer, I would say that it is unaspected. There's a very loose trine to the Ascendant and there's a loose square to Chiron. The orb is way too wide and I would not count it. And the unaspected Venus is in a way answering to Uranus and Taurus and saying like, hey, let's play a little yeah this energy is kind of contentious yeah things are kind of ending but like hey let's play while we do it one other thing to kind of mention with um, the seventh house is that it is deeply related to like I said endings it's often a rep you know it talks about marriage some of you might get engaged I don't know you might get invited to a wedding It talks about joining something greater than yourself. Um, It's the setting. Yeah, it's the setting place in traditional astrology. Um, Whereas the ascendant is the the space in which the... Hold on. I just want to be correct. yeah so the sun so the descendant is the west is west side of the chart and the rising sign is the east side of the chart rising of the yeah um so the sun sets in the west and rises in the east rises in the ascendant portion of the chart we associate the first house with things appearing we associate it with beginnings it would makes sense that we also have a place that is associated with endings too right um I can see how marriage is related to that marriage is a time in which you do um join something greater than yourself it is the death of singlehood it is the death of in a way at least for women in in the way that it culturally is in terms of being part of a particular family especially in terms of changing of the maiden name. Um, into joining something else and joining another legacy or becoming a part of something bigger, something greater. Um, that being said, there is this invitation to kind of play um, and have fun and not take things too seriously as all is happening. The, this chart, while there are many squares, they don't really scare me. It's going to be like walking on eggshells a little bit. But I think in a way you're kind of going to be pushed and primed um, to say and do um, and talk and interact and connect in ways that are conducive to long-term healing, which is what the ultimate goal here is. And we're just taking our time there. Yeah. Let's read. I'm going to read Gemini um, the, for the, um, the Chandra, Schim- Chandra Schimble? the son, Chandra symbol, Sandra, Chandra, girl. Ooh, I'm tired. Anyway, the Chandra, the Sabian, there we go. The Sabian symbol. We not even going to try that shit again. Um, for, uh, Venus in Gemini, which is going to be 29 degrees Gemini fun ooh okay the first mockingbird of spring the creative exuberance of the human soul in response to basic life experiences this is so spot on the Mockingbird is able to imitate sounds he hears, he actually, but actually he does more than imitate, for he weaves all of these sounds into melodies, which at times can have joyous amplitude and instinctively create spontaneity. The symbol refers to the capacity with the talented individu- which the talented individual has taken collective material and to transform it under the urge of biological productivity productivity, and instinctual love. The song rises, powered by these natural, these great natural drives, very much as so-called popular songs rise the youthful soul in response to deep personal or social emotions. At this stage, what is presented to us symbolically is the reaction of the individual who has become sensitive to many life currents in his environment and who is able to exteriorize this welling up response as a gift to his society displaying virtuosity virtue is definitely one of those words that I associate with Leo um, and all of this Leo energy that's kind of in the air and this also speaks to what I was talking about before when it's like the north the south node is asking us to Take this thing that is very familiar to us in one aspect of our life and apply it somewhere else to make and create something um, related to kind of what is needed. When we are healing, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. And that's the thing that I think we have kind of confused and fucked up. All of the study and training, we'll use the work example, when you start a new job, you... The training process requires lots of times for you to read source materials, you understand the past of the company, you see what the future of the company is, you talk to somebody, you do hands-on training, you make some mistakes, you laugh about it a little, you form these connections in which you get really, really good at your job, and then once you're good at that, you move on to something else. And you are paid and rewarded through the experiences that you gain, but you are also paid monetarily as well. If we are to take this same approach when we talk about our healing, we paint a vivid picture of our background, of our history. We utilize that, um, these things that are, again, instinctual, These things that are biological, these things that sit in our body, these things that we feel and we utilize them to paint this picture of where we would like to go. We don't negate. We don't erase. What we do is we use them to inform and transform um, ourselves, which sounds really exciting to me, right? Um, That's what we do again this playfulness and so utilizing our interactions with other one another whether it's your family whether it's your coworkers whoever it is that you're around during this eclipse playing in this connection singing these songs that again have this deep and personal response social emotions that we're kind of digging through right i'm happy i shared that one Cool. Ooh. The one before it is really good too, but we're not going to read that. There will be a time when we need to read that. Going back to. Oop, I need to wrap this up. The Chandra symbol for our. Ooh. Our new moon, our solar eclipse. We have Cancer at 11 degrees a clown caricaturing well-known personalities keynote the value of humor in developing objectivity and independence of the mind humor is iron humor and irony is a powerful tool in assessing the value of socio-cultural realities and thereby in freeing oneself from glamour and prejudice laughter deconditions and often paves the way to realization that we need not be unduly impressed by what our tradition has more or less forced upon our consciousness. The clown, of course, is more of the more popular manifestation of this urge to laugh, which seems to be a basic characteristic of human nature. Character and satire are more intellectual forms of the same need for intellectual freedom. In this sequence, we witness the development of true individuality in man, and the first step is a cathartic one, the ability to laugh, which includes the ability to laugh at one's own petty habits and mannerisms, indeed at one's pomposity. It is a deconditioning step. That's all we're talking about. When we talk about unlearning things, when we talk about decolonizing the mind which is definitely what some of the literature that i had pointed out before is definitely related to but part of that is also you know being able to laugh you know whether it's in our cultural political myth or within our family familial myth at the ways that we've kind of kept up the social cultural realities in our own lives yeah yeah and so with that i do invite you to show yourself the truth not so that you can rue in this sort of anger and if you do that's okay it's a necessary emotion Um, It's a necessary part of connecting to the truth. But when you're ready, allowing yourself the space to break through, to have this emotional catharsis, not just through anger, not just through sadness, through mourning, all of these deep feelings that we have related to who we are and where we come from, but like, also to you know, laugh a little and have fun and knowing that the healing process and learning and unlearning this really fucked up shit doesn't have to be sad. Another really great thing to read or listen to is the um, Healing Justice podcast has an episode about pleasure activism that definitely also embodies that sun Um, energy that leo energy we get caught up in the you know in doing this it's so weird that this conversation is coming full circle um in feeling like we have to cry and suffer and you know our way through healing and we don't have to that's quite opposite of what our ancestors want for us and that keeps them so much more tied to these experiences that they personally are trying to reckon with about their own experiences that they had here. And that's not fair to them, and that's extremely not fair to you for you to have to carry these burdens. They want you to release them, and you have to allow yourself the space to release them. This energy, even though eclipse season is so scary, It just feels really good. And I'm sorry if I've been someone who has fear mongered you in some particular way. That's definitely not what I want you to do. But I'm also not going to pretend like healing isn't scary. But like also, hey, we're going to be fine. At least the people listening to this podcast and doing this work are going to be fine. (laughs) The rest of y'all, I don't know. Again, like I said, media, this, all of these things are aimed at making you feel hopeless. Making you feel bad for laughing, making you feel bad for having fun. All of that is fine as long as we're also doing the work, right? One of the, not to give away where I work. One of the guiding principles where I work is to always have fun. It doesn't take away how serious we take our work, but we also understand that how hard we work is also worth celebrating as well. Um, And being able to laugh at the processes, but also simultaneously taking them really seriously as well. Um, Again, going back to taking the experiences and understandings that we have outside of ourselves and applying them to the way that we navigate our internal framework. So I invite you to read. I invite you to learn. I invite you to laugh, you know, smile, have fun, be in your feelings, but also have fun and have a lot of it um, during this season. Okay. Thank you so much for listening as usual, if you are interested in donating or leaving a tip, the PayPal information is in the description box. I will be sending out this reading list thing, whatever. Um, likely, I don't know how. I don't know what format I want to give it to you guys. But it's definitely something that's not just a tool for this week and right now but for a very long time so it may be likely mm, we'll see i'll decide it will be up um before um the summer is over because again it's something that will definitely be very helpful um long term all right thank you so much for listening i hope this was informative and i hope that it ended on a lighter note than which it started i know i always come through with this annoying scorpionic intense energy i do apologize it's just the way i am so i guess i don't apologize but hey anyway happy eclipse season have fun have lots of fun goodbye